Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the podcast for modern homemakers. We're glad you listened in today. And uh, Leah, what's the subject? Today, Donna will be continuing to teach us on her series on staying. Today we're talking about how staying is possible through the power of forgiveness. And if I look at the date, it's already October 17th. We are inching in on the holiday (laughs) season. Thanksgiving comes first, and then right after that, I hope we know that Advent is the Sunday. It starts typically the Sunday after Thanksgiving, right? Is it first Sunday of December this year? First Sunday of December this year. So we have some Advent books and candles available through the holiday resources on our website. So Donna, what are we doing today? We're talking about forgiveness. It's such a casual subject and everybody loves to talk about forgiveness. I think we all do like to talk about forgiveness as long as we're talking about someone who has forgiven me. But when it comes to my forgiving people, I'm not so delighted about it. I said a few times in the last few weeks, as we begin to change directions here at what was Homemakers by Choice is Modern Homemakers. 37 years I've been doing this and loving every bit of it. And so I've been going through my files and I found a teaching on forgiveness and I developed it around the act that we needed to surrender. And I can tell you exactly where I learned that. That was Elizabeth Elliot. She said, forgiveness is laying down oneself. And if you knew her at all, five foot nine inches tall with a wonderfully powerful voice, she would say that laying down of oneself. You would want to lay down just because her voice was so strong. So we talked about surrender, and I started a surrender club, an I surrender club. What a silly thing. But the first day we talked about it, 56 women came up, took a piece of paper that I had created with a format, wrote down what they were going to surrender, who they were going to forgive, not forgiveness. They were not looking for someone to forgive them, their forgiveness towards someone. And I have this quote in my notes. Forgiveness is to forgive someone, graciously putting away what has happened in the past, accepting them in the present, and trusting them in the future. Okay, Leah, you're on the spot. Mm. Which one do you have most trouble? Graciously putting away, accepting, or trusting? Trusting. Trusting. I I think you and I are alike there. I think, yeah, show me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, show me. Mm-hmm. I think that might have a little to do with my Middle Eastern grandfather. <laughs> I'd like to blame it on him anyway. So the Sermon on the Mount, which is very familiar to all of us, and the Lord's Prayer, which you have sung and prayed, many of you, very frequently in the middle of that prayer. And remember, this prayer was a model. The disciples came and said to him, teach us, teach us to pray. We have watched you go off. They woke up in the morning many times, another plug for the Chosen series. You see them looking around for Jesus. And where is he? He's off somewhere in the shrubs or the bushes, and they find him praying. And he gives them this model prayer. And in the middle of it, it says, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors, as we also have forgiven our debtors. Well, most of us have trouble with one side or the other, but usually not both. And as I've been thinking about these staying lessons, and we have decided that we're going to 
use a logo near all of the lessons. It's a bottle of glue. How about what's the what's the strongest? Is Gorilla the strongest, or is what's the other stuff that's instant? I, I, I super glue. Super glue. Yes. Well, we're going to call it something more than that. We're going to call it super duper glue, because when we attach ourselves to this concept of forgiveness, it really changes us. I can still remember, and I'm not telling that story, I promise, because we don't have time for it today. The first person I asked to forgive me, oh my gosh, my knees were shaking, my heart was racing, my mouth was dry. I don't know whether I was afraid more of the admission or that they would refuse me, Hmm. but I was terrified. I'm not as terrified about asking forgiveness as I used to be, but I do give it a great deal of thought. Sometimes I think about it too long. So there are a lot of places in the scripture we can talk about and see forgiveness. I'm going to give you a couple of broad places to look at for yourself. Genesis, starting in chapter 42, there is a long saga story there about Joseph, but the whole story is based on forgiveness. The whole event, from the time the brothers send him off, think they put him in a pit to kill him forever, and he gets found and they take his coat, to the time that he brings them into his world and feeds them and clothes them and gives them sustenance, all of his brothers and his father. Then in James chapter 5, and I'm going to read a couple of those verses, James chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. And you know, James is toward the back, right in front of Hebrews. Can you hear my pages riffling here? I should have had a marker in there. Okay, chapter 5 and verses 13 through 16. Are any among you suffering? They should pray. Are any cheerful? They should sing songs of praise. Are any among you sick? They should call for the elders of the church and have them pray over them, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord. The prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise them up. Anyone who has committed a sin will be forgiven. The prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise them up, and anyone who has committed sin will be forgiven. That is what... Our Bibles call the prayer of faith what Christ called us to do as individuals. Now today I want to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and some various pieces there in the area of forgiveness for the offender, uh, how it all comes together. This is a, a person who's done something horrible. And he says in verse 5, This is Paul speaking. But if anyone has caused you pain, he had caused it not to me, but some extent, not to exaggerate it, but to all of us. I want to pause there for a second. I don't think we think often enough about my unwillingness to forgive that it doesn't just affect you or me. It affects everyone around us. Everyone. Everyone in the church everyone in your family. 
We're talking, we're talking about staying. We've been talking about staying after the wedding, staying married till death do us part, establishing a home of faith that's a staying home. We've been talking about the mom being a full-time stay-at-home mom. These are the closest relationships we ever have in this world. And that's where it's easy to have unforgiveness because we live and breathe with these people. Women, if you're listening, I want to say, do you hold any grudges to your husband? Husband, are you listening? Do you hold any grudges to your wife? You think you've covered that all up and it's down deep and it, it's, no one notices. But Paul says, I want you to know, not to exaggerate in any way, it is to all of us. It is to all of us. In verse 6, he says, this punishment by the majority is enough for such a person. So now instead you should forgive and console him so that he may not be overwhelmed by excessive sorrow. Now this guy has done something really naughty. And here's Paul coming in, offering not only that there should be forgiveness and that we should all recognize that it didn't just happen to you, it happened to all of us. But now we not only should forgive, but we should console so that they may not be overwhelmed with excessive sorrow. Now, I think the biggest difficulty that we have in love and forgiveness, surrender, acceptance, is in marriage. I think that's because we live together 24-7, and if we're staying till death do us part, 50 years, 60 years, and there are a lot of things happening. We've been talking about this at our house the last few years about how many David Ottos I was married to. You know, the good-looking young one who was playing tennis and running marathons. Now he's about to be 80. He's not running any marathons. He's still very good-looking. I will tell you that for sure. But we have lived together, breathed together, slept together, traveled together, raised child together, raised grandchildren. We have done everything together. And he's not the same David Otto I married, and I'm certainly not the same Donna Otto he married. I can remember him saying to me at a period of my own maturation, when I discovered these words, I feel. I, I, had, I, I had so abdicated the throne of my feelings that I not only never said it, I never thought about it. And I'd been encouraged by a passage of scripture. So I started saying before I spoke, I feel. <laughs> Years later, David said, boy, was I glad when we got through the I feel season. <laughs> so there I was, Donna, the I feel woman. So that happens. But he's asking us here not only to forgive, but to comfort. And what is the comfort? In verse 8, so I urge you to reaffirm your love for him. So it isn't just saying, will you forgive me? And then huffing off. It isn't just saying, okay, I will. I don't want him to be overwhelmed by having excessive sorrow for what he did. I want to reaffirm for him not only blessings to him for asking for forgiveness, but blessings to him because I love him and that I recognize he loves me and that I recognize, as he says in verse 9, I wrote for this reason to test you and to know whether you are obedient in everything. Anyone whom you forgive, I also forgive. 
What I have forgiven, if I have forgiven anything, has been for the sake in the presence of Christ. And we do this so we may not be outwitted by Satan, for we are not ignorant of his designs. You want to stay married for 50 years? You want to stay married till death do us part? Practice the art of forgiveness. Take these few verses in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 5 through 11, and make them your own. Satan takes advantage of every situation he can take advantage of. Confession and forgiveness are linked. There are some models for forgiveness. The discipline of the church, main purpose is to bring restoration, excessive sorrow. Satan harasses a sinner into despair. I I have been in that place myself, feeling I could never get over that. No one would ever forgive me for that. The Probably the worst thing I ever did that I had the hardest time finding any forgiveness for myself was using my spiritual gift. The Lord has given me a gift of discernment. And I had met a new woman at our church. This is 40 plus years ago. I had met a new woman at our church. And she was very different from me, uh, from our looks to our speech to our heritage. But we liked one another, and we began having lunch and talking. I think our husbands were friends for passage as well. And she came to my house for lunch. And I want you to know, I won't take time to do that, but right now, this moment, 40 years later, I can tell you what was on the table. I can tell you what table we were sitting at. We've had so many tables in our kitchen area, it's hard to remember them all, but I know that table. I can tell you what she had on. I can tell you that I used my gift of discernment very badly, and I told her something about herself that was true, and she broke down and cried, and I've never felt so badly. And to this day, I feel badly about it. I don't feel badly. I feel bad about it. But it took me a long time to ask the Lord to forgive me and to receive that forgiveness. What Paul is asking us to do is show our obedience. And forgiveness is is something that is not private. Forgiveness is something we should do in public absolution, If we've offended someone in our church or in our group, if you offended someone in front of people, you need to make certain that they all understand that you are asking for forgiveness, that you are releasing and repenting of what you have done. Now comes to the person you have not forgiven. Do you have someone? Does it come to your mind right away who it is? You just say, he's a, she's a. I'm never going to forgive them. That was too great. That cost too much money. That cost too much turmoil in my world. Think about it. Who is that person? God does not discriminate and say, you can forgive these, but you can't forgive those. He calls us to be unabashedly forgiving and to unabashedly receive the forgiveness of someone who comes to confess to us. And in doing that, I confirm what he gave his life for. Sometimes forgiveness, when it's finished, looks like a grace, or there's kindness, or you show favor to someone. 
But you often find yourself, when you've really forgiven, you give freely. Now, that's a key ingredient to forgiveness, okay? If you say, I forgive you, but... If you say, I forgive you, and you smile through it, and you say, thank you, that's nice of you to do, but you're withholding, withholding. If you are a person who is very to themselves anyway, prefer to be alone, prefer to hold all thoughts to themselves, you know, for those of us who come to understand the work Uh, the powerful work, the transformative work of the Enneagram tool. There are certain categories of individuals in that that numbering system who want to be left alone. They'd rather be left alone. Well, if they have to see people, once a week would be nice. Well, that's not what God called us to do in relationships. So this individual who is strong keeping themselves to themselves, they don't want to forgive. And then if they do forgive verbally, they hold it into themselves and don't forgive. And the person who you hold that unforgiveness to knows it and feels it. I just want to remind you, they may never say anything about it, but they know it and they feel it. So there are a few steps that I would say for you to recognize in yourself. Did you do something that was hurtful or hateful? Do you need to have healing or reconciliation? Maybe more than just I'm sorry, maybe a conversation about what you did and why you did it, an understanding you don't want it to happen again, a a reason that would help you uh, establish this forgiveness with another person. It's very radical thinking. It's extremist thinking. In the book of Matthew, early on, he says, acts to the root of the tree. And he's talking about forgiveness there. Acts to the root of the tree. Now, there's one forgiveness in the Bible that I think is extraordinary. And maybe it's because I think I'm like a Peter. And maybe it's because I saw Jesus do it. And maybe it's because I looked at that for a long, long time and wondered. It's John chapter 21, and I'm just going to abbreviate the story. But you remember what Jesus told Peter. He's going to go out and say something terrible before the cock grows, right? He he did that. Peter did it. We all remember that. And there's no place in the scripture that I see Jesus and Peter meeting up and saying, will you forgive me, Lord? No place. There's just no place. You can't find it. But what you can find in chapter 21 is Jesus, the Christ one, the one who gave his life for forgiveness. They're they're there on the Sea of Tiberias, and the fishermen are out fishing. Now, you know Peter. He's impulsive. And now Jesus is dead and hasn't raised yet or is being raised, and um, everyone's coming to this conclusion. And what does he do? He goes back to work. Peter goes back to work. He He's a fisherman. He's going right back to his trade, even though Jesus has called him to be a fishers of men. And suddenly they see someone on the shoreline, and they recognize that it's Jesus. And Peter jumps out of the boat and puts on his clothes or takes off his clothes, I should say, and jumps out of the boat because they don't ever swim in their clothes. And he goes to the shoreline and he recognizes that it is Jesus. 
it's a very interesting story about the fish and how many fish they brought in, and they counted the fish. And and Peter is being, he's recognizing Jesus, but being himself. He's impulsive, and he wants to, he wants to, say things like, we did this already, and we shouldn't do that, and and why are you here? And the whole story is very, very interesting. But Jesus is prepared. He has a fire. He has bread. He's waiting for them to bring the fish. And this radical Jesus begins the process of reconciliation with Peter because Jesus extends his grace He doesn't say, hey, Peter, you need to do three amens and two Lord's Prayer. You need to ask my forgiveness with these certain words. But Jesus himself shows us the way by bringing grace, bringing grace. And more than that, he says to Peter, do you love me? He says it three times. Do you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. Do you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. Jesus takes this sinful man, this impulsive guy, he makes him the man who leads the first church with this horrendous sin that he has done. It always reminds me that no matter what sin has been committed to me, with what acts of intense dislike, that there was Jesus, who's my model, who says to me, offer grace. My last line about a forgiveness that will help you stay in a marriage and relationship with your children and your grandchildren and your mean auntie and your stuffy uncle and a grandmother who forgot your birthday for 25 years of your life. What is all that need forgiveness? It's an act of grace. It's an act of grace. Grace and generosity be yours in your area of forgiveness. Thank you, Donna. Remember, the common begin, but the uncommon stay and finish. Also, I'd like to remind you that if you go to our website, uh, there'll be a pop-up button appearing soon. And it's for those of you who have listened to at least 10 of, of our podcasts. If you've done that, push that button and you will be invited to send us information so we can send you one of Donna's books, Loving Life as an At-Home Mom. Would you like the book? Look for the button if you've been listening to podcasts. Finally, it's Advent season coming. Leah told you about it. And we have Advent candles, you know, the kind that show Jesus rather than Santa Claus. It'd be a great thing for your home to uh, light the candle each day and uh, watch uh, the march down to the birth of Christ. So take a look at that. It's on the website. And thank you again, Modern Homemakers.